promise I'm not going to throw anything at you. (laughs) Close your eyes. Forget how old you are. Forget how mature you think you are. Just listen. Do you hear it? Keep your eyes closed. Do you hear it? Coming through your front yard. The brakes starting to screech a little bit. The wheels, a little bit of smoke, a little bit of steam. And it's Christmas Eve and this train shows up in your front yard in the middle of the night. Do you jump on it without any hesitation or do you, do you pause and contemplate the realness of the situation? Is there really a train in my front yard in the middle of the night on Christmas Eve? Why is there a train in my front yard in the middle of the night on Christmas Eve? Maybe that's the question you ask. You can open your eyes. Thanks for taking that short trip. In the movie and the book, The Polar Express, this train pulls up in this kid's yard on Christmas Eve. And he can't believe his ears. He hears the hiss of the steam engine and the the screeching of the brakes, the yell of the conductor, All aboard! And he asks, where's this train going? And he says, why, to the North Pole, of course. Like, why wouldn't you know that? Anytime a train pulls up in the middle of the night in your yard on Christmas Eve, it's obviously going to the North Pole. The kid didn't get it. And the conductor pulls out a sheet of paper and he shows it to him. He says, is this you? He goes, yeah. I see you made your sister put out cookies tonight. This train's going to the North Pole. I recommend that you consider getting on board. The young man hesitates for a moment as he weighs out his options about getting on the train or not getting on the train. You see, he could just turn around and go back inside and go to bed. He would most likely convince himself in the morning that it was all just a dream and he could very well miss out on something extraordinary and exciting. And according to the story, he would definitely not hear the sounds of Christmas any longer. And so in the spirit of The journey challenges us, and that's what I'm going to be talking about today. I want to make some comparisons. We're going to compare the journey of the young boy in the book, the Polar Express and the movie, with the journey of Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus, and then the journey of ourselves as Christians. I think that we're going to see in all three scenarios, the journey calls us, like we talked about last week. We'll also see that the journey challenges us. Will you pray with me? Father God, as we come to a a time where we're going to look at your word, we're going to apply it to our lives, we're going to see the work you did in the life of Joseph, the challenges that he experienced, and and how you provided during those times. I just pray that you'll open our hearts, you'll open our, our eyes and our minds to what your word says about how we can act and how we can respond when the journey challenges us. And so I just ask these things in your son's name. Amen. In the Polar Express journey, the journey to the North Pole literally called and challenged this young man in the form of the conductor. In the life of Joseph, Jesus' earthly father, he is also called and challenged to take part in a most extraordinary journey. And in the life of a Christian, we are called and challenged to journey with God as well. So we're going to start with that. 
in your journey with God, have you ever been hesitant like the little boy in the story? Or, or like Joseph, maybe you knew that God was calling you to do something. Maybe it was something different, something bigger, something better. And you had no idea how it was going to happen or no idea what was going to happen next with whatever it was that was going on. And you know that, that only God is presenting this challenge before you. And were you hesitant like that little boy? Oh, why do I want to get on the train? I don't know. Or you're hesitant like Joseph. And we'll get to his hesitation in a second. Or did you accept the call ultimately? You see, I've always said that the easiest thing to do is to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I mean, God's plan for salvation is simple. We hear the word of God. We choose to believe it. We confess that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. We repent of our sins. We get baptized for the forgiveness of our sins to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's the easy part. The hard part, which is the part that we all forget from time to time, is that when we do these things, we have to put our old self to death. And the challenge, I think the biggest challenge we have is that we get to live for Christ as his ambassador here on earth. And so I always say it's, it's easy to become a Christ follower. It's hard to stay on the right track and to endure. You see, we are called to journey with Christ, and that journey will indeed challenge us. But what about Joseph? We're going to get into his story, but think about this. He's pledged to be married to Mary. Now, what we know about Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus, is found in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke. Joseph was a direct descendant from King David. He was a gracious man who kept the laws of Judaism. He was well-respected. He was a man of meager means, but nonetheless, honorable and a faithful man. He was skilled as a carpenter, and he lived in the small town of Nazareth. Joseph spent time teaching Jesus the carpentry trade as well as providing spiritual training. He's very often described as working, and or Jesus is very often described as working alongside of being taught by Joseph in his carpenter's shop, which would have been of an, an inherited occupation, if you will. Um, Joseph was known for observing the holy days and the Hebrew feast with his family, as shown in Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 42. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year. Every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he became 12, they went up there according to the custom of the feast. So when you ask, hey, what do we know? Because people always say, well, not a lot's written about Joseph. Well, what do we know? Well, we know that he celebrated those holy days, those holy festivals. And, and we know that it meant something to him because they went every year. We also know that through Joseph's sensitivity and obedience to God, he fulfilled the role of protector and guardian of Jesus. He enacted the role of father admirably in every way. It, it's clear that other people recognize Joseph as Jesus' legal father as well. Uh, John 1.45 says this. This is where Jesus has just called Philip to be one of his disciples. And Philip went and found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So people knew who Joseph was. They knew that as this was coming about. And Joseph's influence during those early years in Jesus' life, I think, was pretty incredible. I like to think that when Jesus spoke of, of God as being like a loving father, obviously he could draw from his relationship with his father in heaven, but he also had an example, I think, in what a loving father looked like from his youth and his earthly father, Joseph. I think that was lived out. You see, Joseph stands as a testimony to the value of integrity, obedience, faithfulness, and especially to honoring the entrusted role of fatherhood. Enough about how great Joseph was, because the reality is his journey didn't start out quite that way. 
It wasn't without its challenges. Like I said earlier, the journey challenges us. Let's look at what Matthew tells us about the situation in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Here we go. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as following. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. We're going to pause right there. Uh, Talk about your all aboard moment of disbelief. When I read this, I can't help but see Joseph like the little boy from the Polar Express, eyes wide open and with wonder and slightly confused. What? There's a train in my front yard and you have a ticket with my name on it and Joseph is being told about Mary's pregnancy. Wait a second, they're engaged. You go visit your cousin Elizabeth and you come back pregnant. Talk about seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and thinking it's a train. Right there it is. And here's one of Joseph's moments where his journey with God challenges him. And he's filled with uncertainty about what he should do. But let's look at the rest of this situation and see what happens. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. Other versions of the Bible say he planned to, dis- to uh, divorce her secretly. But when he had considered this, I love this part. It's my favorite part of the story. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Now, here's the thing. Joseph obviously cares for Mary. Okay? He doesn't want anything bad to happen to her. He's, he's decided to divorce her quietly. He has respect for her family. He, there's a saying about how when we make plans, God laughs. I think this is where that saying came from. Because Joseph was hurt to think that his, his engaged wife would be pregnant by someone else. All right? So he comes up with a plan. Well... I'll divorce her quietly. And then God laughed and said, no, that's not part of the plan, Joseph. And an angel appears to Joseph and challenges him to step up, so to speak. Now, Joseph still had a decision to make. And this is where I say, I see him like that hesitant little kid in the Polar Express who's not sure if he wants to get on the train or not. Joseph's right here and all this has been given to him. And and he could, you know, rub his eyes, get a drink of water, go back to sleep convince himself it was all just indeed a dream and very well, very well miss out on something extraordinary and exciting. Or like the young boy in the Polar Express, Joseph realizes that it's time to accept the challenge and get all aboard on God's plan. How about you? Being called is easy. We are all called. Answering the call is even somewhat easy. But living through the challenges of a life that reflects Christ can be so difficult. We're not simply called. We are called to be all on board with God's plan. 
Now, as we see in the story of Joseph, a life journey with our Lord and our Savior is not without its challenges, which is why we need to make sure that we're taking the time to invest in God's Word, spending time in prayer and conversation with our Lord. I believe if Joseph wasn't all the things I shared about him earlier, if he wasn't devoted to his God, if he wasn't listening for God to speak, spending time in prayer and conversation with us, I think if he wasn't there in those things, he would not have made the right decisions at this pinnacle moment in his life. When he was challenged in the journey, he accepted the challenge. Looking at the life of Joseph, it's clear to see that the journey requires courage as well. Listen, this is real life here. It's not a cute story about a boy and some friends on a train ride to the North Pole sipping on hot cocoa. The woman he's pledged to be married to is pregnant with someone else's baby. Would you believe that in real life? Nonetheless, after the angel appears to Joseph, he does what God told him to do. He steps up and he courageously leads his family and he becomes the earthly father to the son of God. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't pull a Moses. Lord, are you sure I'm the guy? Maybe she should marry someone else. It's not, oh, not me. There's no way. I'm just a carpenter. No, God made it clear. This is my plan, Joseph. And this is what you're going to do in that plan. And you need a little courage, but I got what you need. So it's time to step up. And it's not without challenges. One of the first was just traveling to Bethlehem. All right, but don't worry about that one because I Googled it because I'm curious. It's just a short distance. It's like this far from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Yeah, it's, it's only like 80 miles, it, you know, a little less than going from here to Birmingham. How hard could it be? Uh, yeah. Well, assuming an average walking pace of two and a half miles per hour at 20 miles a day would mean a trip of four eight-hour days having good rest in between. Some scholars speculate that it was seven to ten days, but I think four or five days is probably pretty close to how long it would take them, considering Mary's situation as well. You see, getting to Bethlehem was relatively an easy challenge compared to some of the other challenges that we read about in the early years of Joseph being Jesus' earthly father. Shortly after Jesus is born, there's a threat on his life, and they have to pack up in the middle of the night because God visits Joseph again. And you know what? Those are stories for another time, and they'll be coming in January. But clearly, we can see from the story of the Polar Express, from the story of Joseph, and even the story of your own life, that as we journey with Christ, the journey calls us, the journey challenges us. The journey requires courage. It is not for the faint of heart. Jesus said to his followers, they persecuted the prophets before you. They're, they're going to come after you as well. The journey takes courage. Look, the boy in the Polar Express, he finds the courage to make the journey. And if you watch the movie, you'll see that he, he finds himself in many challenging situations along the way that he not only has the courage to move forward on, but he finds the courage to believe in the magic of Christmas. And in the story of Joseph, we see that it's one thing to be called and another thing to be challenged by God. It's a completely other step to follow him into the unknown. It indeed takes courage. How about your life? Do you have the courage to answer the call and accept the challenges that will come your way? Do you have the courage to journey with Christ every day? Can your name be added to those mentioned in the book of Hebrews, the ones who had a courageous faith and accepted the challenge to journey with God? Folks like Abraham. God, you talk about going on a journey and you don't know where it's going to end up. God called Abraham and said, I will show you 
a land. And so Abraham went home and he said to Sarah, Hey, honey. Yeah. I'm going to need you to pack up the tent and everything else we own. We're going to move. Where are we going to go? To a land that God is going to show us? There's <laughs> courage in that journey. What about David? Who takes basically bread and cheese to his brothers on a battlefield and he hears this giant calling out insults to the army of the Lord and he says you can't do that nobody here will stand up and fight this guy no no all these seasoned warriors no no I'll fight you they try to put armor on him it's too big it doesn't work he goes down and grabs some stones and he walks out and he says to Goliath today you will be delivered into my hands because of God. And he hits him in the head with a rock and he falls over. As Jerry Clower would say, graveyard dead. <laughs> Rahab, who by faith saved her family when the children of Israel invaded Jericho. Moses, Joseph, the, the list is long. I think about courage. When I think about Joseph, he, he had the courage to do the right thing no matter who was looking. Whether he was in jail or working for Potiphar, he did the right thing. And he went on a crazy journey with God. So as we come to our response time this morning, I want to encourage you with this thought. When Joseph accepted the call, when he depended on God for the courage that he would need, not only was he able to face the challenges of the journey, but I believe that he experienced peace in the call and what was asked of him on that journey. Read the birth stories of Christ in the Bible this week and you will see that Joseph had peace in the journey because he knew where his strength came from and his foundation was sure. How about you? Does your strength come, does your strength for the journey come from God or from your own devices? Because I will tell you this, if it comes from your own devices, you will surely become overwhelmed with the challenges of the journey and you will find that your courage is lacking when it truly comes time to answer the call. I don't know what you need in your life today, but I know this, you will not endure the challenges of the journey before you on your own. And your friends are good. I'm not, I'm not putting down your friends, but I want to tell you something. And people hate it when I tell them this when we're, when we're doing counseling stuff. And nobody likes to hear it. But I'm going to tell you something about your friends. Drowning people can't save each other. If your friends are in the same boat you're in, they're not the people to speak spiritually into your life. They're not the people to speak financially into your life. They're not the people to speak into your life about relationships. If their own relationships, their own spiritualness, their own finances, whatever it is, if, if they're all in the same boat, that same boat is going down. Drowning people can't save each other on the journey. You have to have different people in your life in order to make it through this journey. That's why God sent his son Jesus to live among us. You see, what makes his birth so amazing to me is that it took place so that through his death, burial, and resurrection, we could have unrestricted access through him to God the Father. If you're struggling with answering the call to journey with God, or maybe you're struggling with some of the challenges that are in your journey right now, maybe you find yourself lacking the courage you need to continue the journey. Maybe you feel like giving up. Maybe you're not even sure where to start. Now's a good time to respond to God's word and to God's gift to you. Listen, the elders are here. They'd love to pray with you. Your church family is all around you. 
we will gladly pray with you. If your first step in answering the call and accepting the challenges of the the journey is to be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the baptistry is ready. We even have some clothes you can put on if you're like, I didn't bring anything. It's okay. Whatever your response is this morning, will you stand and sing our response song and consider how you will courageously respond to God's word and his story as we sing. It's been great to be here with you all this morning to worship with you, to challenge you with stories of trains and kids and Christmas and with the story of Joseph and his journey. But now it's time to go. As you go today, I want to repeat what I said earlier. When Joseph accepted the call, when he depended on God for the courage that he would need for his life journey, not only was he able to face the challenges of the journey, but I believe that he experienced peace in the call and on the journey. And I want to echo what John said in John chapter 14, verse 27. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. As a reminder of the peace that we can have when we answer the call to journey with God, regardless of the challenges that are ahead of us, we wanted to give you a gift. It's a simple ornament. Hey, guess what it says on it? It says peace. And so we have one for every family. They're on this big tree. They're on the two little trees out front. And it's just a simple ornament that says peace. But they're for you. So please take one today as we leave from here, as we go to win and commit to grow. Will you sing this last song with us?